Do not adjust your tracking. You are now listening to the VHS Saturday podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of VHS Saturday, the show where we discuss the strange and unusual, odd and obscure VHS tapes that we obtain through thrift, gift, and grift. My name is Henry. And I'm Allison. And this week, we are looking at a movie called The Hidden. Damn, son, where'd you find this? I, uh... <laughs> <damn> it. <laughs> I, uh... I, I found this at the thrift store. Okay. Uh... I did recently watch videos about this movie, and when I saw it at the thrift store, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, perfect. Um, this movie is probably the most mainstream movie that we have reviewed so far on this yeah, podcast. but everyone online refers to it as, like, the best sci-fi movie you never saw. Yeah, so even though this is uh, the most mainstream movie, it is still fairly obscure. Uh, maybe hidden, I would say. <laughs> oh my god. I, I never saw it before. I never heard of it. I like a lot of the actors in this. I, I like uh, the company that put out our copy of it. It's distributed by New Line. Um, I'm surprised. I had never heard of it until literally about a month ago or so. I'm always so happy whenever we see the like media home video. Yeah. I don't know. Like that always just tickled me. It's like, oh, media? Me- really? Media, media. <laughs> media, media. Okay. It's like, we need a company... <laughs> Put up media. Um, <laughs> well, let's just call it media. That works. Yeah. That works. Speaking of like uh, the cast, so we got Kyle McLaughlin from Twin Peaks in this. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before Twin Peaks, of course, but I mean, that's just what he's known for. He's really known so. for Twin Peaks in Portland. He was also in Dune. Yeah. Uh, which came before um, Twin Peaks. I think that might be where he started his relationship working with David Lynch. Mm. It also has Danny Trejo in one of his earliest roles. Yeah, in a scene that lasts like two seconds. Yeah, he, he's like, I need a phone call. I think he asked for a phone call or yeah, something like that. Yeah, he like shows up, gets shot, and it's Yeah, over. shows up, gets shouts, and get he gets shot. But, you know, to be fair, before he was having starring roles as, you know, Machete, he started out just with small roles. Like, we need a Hispanic gangster. <laughs> you, former actual Hispanic gangster. <laughs> You can well, play that role. Former gangster. He's still Hispanic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> so that's just by sheer coincidence. Every time I realize we watch a actual movie, it turns out to have somebody in one of their earliest roles. Yeah, that is a thing that we're discovering the more we do this podcast, especially stuff from like the 80s. And it's never it's never on purpose. No, it's never like, oh, let's watch the magic bubble because it's got George Clooney. We, we didn't realize George Clooney was in it until like we were watching and we we're like, wait, what? No, they didn't acknowledge George Clooney whatsoever. And being that this is just Danny Trejo's like earliest roles. With a single scene, like uh, he's got a single shot before he gets shot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not acknowledged at all either. So, yeah. you know, but uh, it is a pretty good film. I I enjoyed it. First of all, I'll just start off with that. How did you feel before we start getting really into it? Yeah, I liked it. OK, I don't think it's like amazing by any means, but uh, this movie has kind of this trope going for it that we see in pretty much like every sci-fi movie of the time is like unstoppable killer, like Terminator style. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, he doesn't feel pain from gunshots. He's unstoppable. Like, that's just... I feel that, like, every fucking movie that we've covered, like, in the more sci-fi genre, except Zone Troopers, but, I mean, that one, we've discussed at length why that's an anomaly. But every single one has had this kind of trope going for it. Like, Hands of Steel was kind of the same thing. It's just like, he can't be stopped. He can't be bargained with. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know, like, I want to say... I would love to do some research into that and see, was there something happening within the cultural zeitgeist that really played into that and why that became a reoccurring trope? Because that is a thing that tends to happen. Reoccurring tropes tend to be based off of things that are being felt throughout the entire you know consciousness of society at the time. 
Yeah, I think a lot of movies just you shoot a guy, he goes down. You shoot a guy, he goes down. And then someone one day was just like, yeah, but what if what if the gun didn't take him down, though? (laughs) What would we do? Right. (laughs) And so people were like, yeah, I want to explore that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I could. There's a lot of cops in this movie and they all go down on like one, two shots. Right. This main bad guy doesn't. My thing is like being someone that's a veteran. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering why why were none of these cops, especially the ones that work in the homicide department, not wearing bulletproof vests at all? Yeah. Like, I'm not expecting anyone to wear a flak jacket, but like, because we weren't at that point in society yet where that's a thing. But like, you know, that is now. But like but, a bulletproof vest like, at very least. Like, like the like, second chance vest, like the ones I wore in the military, I had to wear two. I wore one underneath my uniform and then I wore a bulletproof jacket over it. So that's a heavier flak jacket. But then I had you know, that's why they call it a second chance vest. It's mm-hmm. like underneath. So and you can just wear that underneath normal clothes. You can wear that any day of the week. Like if you're really that paranoid, you can get a second chance vest and wear it underneath the T-shirt. It's fine. It works. They're skin tight. Hmm. All right. So let's discuss the plot. What is this movie about? A series of bizarre, inexplicable robberies and murders and have L.A. police detective Tom Beck totally baffled. And it doesn't help when mysterious FBI agent Lloyd Gallagher tells him that a demonic extraterrestrial creature is invading the bodies of innocent victims and transforming them into inhuman killers with an unearthly fondness for heavy metal music, red Ferraris, and unspeakable violence. It's a spine-chilling, high-velocity sci-fi thriller from the makers of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very apt analysis. I guess that's the episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you later, folks. But um, we made that joke like three episodes I, in I, a row. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So I feel like this movie, I get, definitely got Terminator meets Invasion of the Body Snatchers vibes. Yeah, 100%. It had some pretty good effects uh, when we did get effects. We only see the alien itself once. Mm, twice. Does that second time really count? Well, I don't know. It's kind of like uh, the alien creature thingy. Is like a slug. Yeah, it's it's but it's got like spider legs, like these like hairy spider legs, Mm -hmm. but it's really like slimy and disgusting. You see it. You see the full thing in like one of the first um, like in the beginning, the first body snatch. Yeah, that we see. And you get to see the whole thing and it's nasty. And I was like, ew. (laughs) it was a great effect. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then like (laughs) we were watching it and uh we had to watch it again because like a, a scene after that, there's like you can see the boom mic like oh, come yeah. down from the top of the screen. And a- I was like, boom mic. And Henry's like, oh, I missed it. And so we had to rewind and then we round we rewound too far. And so we had to watch this fucking slug <laughs> go like out of one guy's mouth back into the other guy's mouth and then press play. So it went out of his mouth and then back in the <laughs> other guy's mouth again. And I'm just like, God, I, I don't want to watch this fucking scene anymore. It's so gross. I'm glad for you. They only showed it that one time. Yeah. Every other time there, you just, you know that the body snatch happened. Yeah. So essentially the main premise of this film is that there is an alien, this slug, and it takes over bodies by killing a person and then using their body essentially like a puppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a discussion like, doesn't he need a, a live person? But no, yeah. he needs a dead person. Interesting. Like, it's he, really weird. He needs a dead person. Then he just, which he I get, to me, it makes sense. He goes into the body and like, so he's got the spider legs. He's just like literally wearing their skin Ew. like fucking uh, Buffalo Bill. Ew, dude, what the fuck? Is that why, like, he has to change bodies so often? Are they decaying or? Because they get, they get damaged. That's how come he, jump, he jumps, has to jump bodies because the uh, Kyle McLaughlin's character explains that he gets damaged and then he has to jump bodies. That's how come after he could take so many shots because he's not actually feeling pain. But then the body's now like, you know, 
bones are broken. Now he can't really manipulate it. And I guess I'm just thinking about that. Like, okay, if the body, the host body is dead. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that like it's decaying? I think so, too. Yeah, I think it plays a factor too. maybe rigor mortis is setting and it's hard to like move the body. Yeah, I don't know. Let's like walk through the plot so we can talk about like as things things that happen as they yeah, happen. So yeah. yeah. So it starts out with a security camera footage of a bank robbery happening. Mm-hmm. And we get this guy, he robs a bank and he gets to Ferrari and a really kick-ass soundtrack starts playing with some heavy metal. Yeah, car chase happens. Yeah, the soundtrack in this movie is great. Like, the music is really good. I would listen to this, like, if this is on Spotify, I would listen to that playlist. Right. The score, on the other hand, I thought was really bad. Yeah, the score left a little bit to be desired, but the soundtrack choices were yeah. chef's kiss. The music is good, but when they tried to, like, score the movie, I was like, is this, like, baby's first score? This is bad. <laughs> it was like they're trying to go for this, like, John Williams kind of. But yeah, a bit. Yeah, but they didn't have like the budget or the talent. And so it was just like, yeah, it wasn't uh, as good as some other scores from this company that I've seen. Like New Line has a budget like this had a decent budget to the movie. Yeah. Um, But I guess they didn't get their best guy. Best efforts weren't put forth. So then he gets in the Ferrari. The car chase happens. I really like these aliens like Ferraris and heavy metal music. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. And they're very horny. Yeah, he's a bit horny. <laughs> like, yeah, the guy robs a bank and then he gets in his car and then he's like just blasting music and we get this like Blues Brothers style chase scene with the cops and they're all trying to stop him, but nothing can stop him. He, he runs like because he's just he's driving like a bat out of hell mm-hmm. because he knows he can jump bodies. So right. he's got nothing to lose, like mm-hmm. in all honesty, then. He runs over a guy in a wheelchair and we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, that he was like riding through a fucking park or something. And there was like a lady, like a nurse pushing a guy in a wheelchair. And so what does this nurse do? But like save her own ass (laughs) and like jump out of the way, leaving this poor, helpless man to just get mowed over. Jesus, I was like, are you kidding me, dude? Like you couldn't throw him forward. Yeah, right. Like what the fuck? Every man for himself, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. Run! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God. And then we get the walking glass trope. This guy's walking with a oh pane of glass. Yeah, it's like the two guys like holding a giant pane of glass walking God. through the street. Was that like the Back to the Future NES game? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that, that is a, a trope in so many chase scenes. I know. But like... <laughs> it is subverted a little bit because instead of just crashing through the glass, he like mows him over and one guy like smashes his face on the windshield. There's like a big ass blood spatter. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like, are we going to get a fruit stand next? Yeah, right. Like, Unfortunately, there was no fruit God, stand. I would have loved, you know, if I'm ever going to make a movie and I do a chase scene, I want to pay homage to those tropes. And I feel like if you're going to do the walking glass trope, you gotta have a fruit stand. Like at that point, it's like go all in, <laughs> go all in, <laughs> all in, because people are gonna see that and be like, really? And then you do the fruit stand. People go, okay, you are aware of what you're doing. I'm pretty sure that uh, Cop and a Half has like a fruit stand uh, scene, and we have that on VHS. So if you really need to like get that out of your system, we can do that <laughs> later. <laughs> So I don't know why I remember that. I've never seen Cop and a Half. Yeah. (laughs) That's like literally all I remember about that fucking movie. What is with media portraying children as like a half of a person? Like we have two and a half men and then we have, (laughs) you know, Cop and a Half. Yeah. It's like I thought we got over the whole like assigning fractions to people's (laughs) value thing. Not if they're under 18. (laughs) Oh, my God. So then there is a blockade. The police make a blockade and they all get their shotguns ready and they just lay into him as he's going through. He just crashes right into him. He doesn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And he just like gets out of the car and they're just like fucking mowing him down with bullets. And he's just standing there not giving a fuck. I think he's actually smiling. Yeah. And like 
I was I was like surprised because the car crashed into a fence. Yeah. Like before that. And I was like, is the car going to explode? <laughs> and it like didn't explode. And I was like, oh, well, you know, they're shooting him, whatever. I guess that that's fine. And then like, then the car explodes. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I really would not be satisfied the so, ending of this scene without seeing a car blow up. So fun fact about that, the director really wanted to destroy some Ferraris. Like he really set out this movie to destroy some Ferraris. People always ask him, did you really destroy a Ferrari in that movie? And he always just smugly answers, no, I destroyed four Ferraris in that movie. <laughs> I don't know if he just hates Ferrari or if he just like loves the idea of getting something so expensive to destroy and it took a lot of finessing with the studio for them to pay up to, for some Ferraris just to kill them off. Mm -hmm. Like, and he's like, no, man, you really get it. It was like, wow, that's a Ferrari. Oh, my God. He just blew up a Ferrari. You know, it, it drives a point home. No pun intended when <laughs> it's a Ferrari. I mean, personally, I think it would have been cool if maybe some of that budget went into like. More slug effects? Yeah. See the slug yeah. more? Maybe I'm just maybe I don't know what I want. OK, I don't know. But anyways, they take the guy to the, the hospital, the guy who robbed the bank. Mm -hmm. So he has the alien inside of him. But they take him to the hospital. And like when he wakes up, he's like, oh, shit, I got to find a new body. So he just goes to the first guy that he sees, which is um, another guy in the same hospital room as him, who was like one of the cops who was involved in the shootout. That's when we see the slug for the first time when he like invades the cop's body. And then we get that wonderful boom mic shot. Right. Afterwards. See, it's a very, very long, like drawn out shot where it shows him removing this guy off of life support. Mm -hmm. And he oh, takes off the breathing mask and he stretches his mouth open. And then you see the slug like emanate. You see these like spider legs kind of come out of the mouth and go on his shoulders and pull the rest of this slimy Ugh. creature and it goes into the mouth and just like looks almost like he's eating spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just get the rest of them in there there's like Ugh. all these extra appendages like it's like a <laughs> very slimy very cool shot yeah we have such a great different like reactions to this i know you like the the really like grotesque stuff and i'm just like not having it <laughs> To me, it's it's the art of like filmmaking. That I'm, sure. like, I'm like, that is a very believable effect. That was a great shot. No, I appreciate it. And I mean, look, they were trying to gross me out mm -hmm. and they succeeded. So like good on them. Right. But I'm just like at the end of the day, like, yeah, I'm grossed out. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's a very believable. It's a great. I just love practical effects yeah. so fucking much. Yeah. So the guy is on life support. So then, of course, he starts you know, flatlining mm -hmm. at that point. The doctors come in, they see that other dude's dead. Yeah. Um, and then they use the defibrillator, bring back this guy, and then he just gets up and walks out. Yeah. We return to the LAPD headquarters and um You see one of the cops that was there that was calling the shots, Beck, the main character, and uh his supervisor. I'm so happy that the Wikipedia article has their names. Because, like, I just realized it. Um, they were just, like, like, cop guy and, like, maybe, yeah, like... Yeah, but, like, when the movie ended, I was like, I didn't get, like, anyone's name. Yeah. Okay, I think we had the same issue with this tape that we did last week with Brotherhood 2. Yeah, the, the audio on our tape has gone bad. Yeah, so it was, like, again, kind of hard to hear what they were saying. Yeah, and we were watching late at night, and I had the stereo cranked up pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty loud. <laughs> yeah. bad for my neighbor. Sorry, neighbors. <laughs> Yeah, so we see LAPD and then we get introduced to uh, FBI agent from Seattle, Special Agent Lloyd Gallagher, played by Kyle McLaughlin. So this begs the question, Twin Peaks is in Washington. Mm -hmm. He also plays the mayor in Portlandia and Portland is in the Northwest. So do people just see him and go, you're from the fucking Northwest? My theory is, is like in the timeline of events... He's the same guy that these all take place in the same universe. Yeah. He started off as like an FBI agent in Seattle. 
And then he became a cop and moved to Twin Peaks. And then... Becomes the mayor of Portland? Yeah. The uh, kind of like Lachlan shared universe. Mm -hmm. Shared cinematic universe. (laughs) Yep. This movie's by... uh, It's produced by Heron Communications Mega Entertainment. So it's the Heron Communications Mega Entertainment Cinematic Universe, or the HCMECU. Oh my god. Just rolls off the tongue, right? (laughs) Yeah. He's been assi- he says he's been assigned to help out with this case. And when they find out that the other cop, what happened, this guy books it to the fucking hospital. They realize that the other person's gone. He just up and left. So Kyle McLaughlin knows what body he's in next. He's like, he's the guy that was in that room. He's going to start committing crimes too. put out APB on this guy Miller and... The main cop goes, no, this guy's got no criminal record. He's not doing the you're you're full of shit. Why would he be doing all these crimes all of a sudden? Then we can cut to Miller going to the record store. I don't remember how he pissed off the record store owner. Because he was stealing the tapes. He was literally just like picking them up off the rack and putting them in his pocket. And the owner saw him was like, bro, get the fuck out of my store. And then he just bat. And then the alien takes the bat from him and just. Beats the ever-loving fuck out of him to the point where he's just like on the floor. And then he opens up the cash register, takes out a hundred bucks. I guess we found out later that's all that was in there. And there's also a gun in the register. Then we see this. I swear, I don't know if this movie was sponsored by Sansui, but I want to believe it is. Then we see this like ad on the wall of the record store for Sansui boombox. <laughs> and he realized there's a ba- Sansui boombox right there in the glass case underneath the counter. So he just kicks the glass and he takes the boombox out and starts blasting heavy metal while carrying this boombox out the door. And he goes to the diner where he's like sitting at the fucking table, blasting his music. And everyone's looking at this guy like, what an asshole. Mm -hmm. So the waitress is trying to get him to turn the music down. But like, it doesn't really comply because like, fuck it. And no one's really pushing him too hard. I'm assuming because like, they're all just like older women, like can't get too into this guy's face i mean they're in la they probably have to deal with that shit all the time it's true (laughs) it's true so we shit on la so much this movie has a good showcase of what la really is like it's close it's It's closer than what we get in a lot of movies yeah (laughs) for real because it is gritty and shitty Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we cut to the police department and they say hey there is a record store where the owner got killed and they go there. Kyle Lachlan's character says he knows who he's going to be in next. He know we have to find Miller. And there was a, a witness to this. Mm-hmm. And she gave the description of the murderer. Yeah. And they do a police composite sketch. He looks at it and he asks Kyle McLaughlin, do you got that picture of Miller still? And he's like, yeah, here you go. Officer Beck looks at the two. He's like, all right. And he gives, he throws out the composite sketch mm-hmm. and he hands the photo to the guy that's going to put out the, uh, hey, this is guy is wanted, put it all over the news and shit. He's like, use this instead. Now, now Beck is on Comic Lachlan's side. He's like, okay, you knew Miller was going to be doing this. Yeah. How? And he's like, I can't really explain. Just trust me. And he trusts him for a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, we got to go. Uh, find out what he's going to do next. We'll take my car. He drives a Porsche. That's when you get to the diner scene and he sees a Ferrari driving down the street, a red Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, fuck this. And he just like gets up and leaves his food and literally runs after it. Yeah, he just is booking it. But this guy had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the body had a heart attack before. That's why he was in the hospital. Yeah. And so he can't really make it. So then he starts walking around and he finds a another Ferrari. It's a Ferrari dealer. Yeah. And these guys pull this Ferrari into the parking lot. He's like, you know what? I'll take it. And he goes, I want this car. He's like, well, sorry, buddy. It's it's been sold. He's like, but I want this car. And he's like, well, hang out. I'll show you another car. I want this car. He's like, hang tight. I'll show you another car. And they start leaving to go into the building to finalize the car sale. And this guy keeps like 
trying to open it and get into the car and the security guards like, hey, buddy, you need to get the fuck out and like literally throws him out into the street and an escalation happens. They fight and uh, he just shoots him, just shoots a security guard. Then we cut to the deal being signed. They're doing coke at the same time, but the coke in the back end of a Ferrari model. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of cocaine in these 80s movies yeah. that we watch. <laughs> Real quick, I wanted to kind of make a connection. So like earlier in the day, we watched Idiocracy together. Yeah. I'd actually never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's one of those movies that everyone's like, oh, you've never seen it. You've never seen it. I just never saw it. Henry was talking about it and I was like, you know what? Let's just watch this fucking movie. And I kind of like thought it was funny the way that the the guy invaded by the alien was talking kind of reminded me of, of the, like the, the super simplified speech. Yeah. That he's I just want like, this car. I want to be president. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just like, I like money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the same thing. <laughs> he really, really is. I kind of had the same thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> I like money. <laughs> Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> so then he goes up to the door and he's like, I want this car. And I think it was Dick Miller. It might have not been Dick Miller. I don't know. He looked a lot like Dick Miller. It's like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? What's happening to our security yard? And then he opens the door and... Drops his dead security guard's body on the floor. And he's like, I want this car. And he's like, give him the keys. And the guy who just signed, he's like, dude, I just signed for it. He's like, give him the fucking keys. Yeah, they're like coked out. Well, I mean, like, I get the one guy was like, dude, I just I just bought the car. But the guy's like, he's got a fucking gun and he just killed my goddamn security guard. Yeah. Give him the fucking keys, you fucking idiot. Mm hmm. And then he goes, thank you. And he shoots him anyway. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I want to know how many squibs were used in this movie. (laughs) Because the aliens can take so many shots and there's so many gunfights. And then the aliens alone are like getting blown up with a million fucking body shots. The continuity must have been a pain in the fucking ass. So hats off to the director. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that like the cinematography was really good. Yeah. This is not a like B movie schlocky B movie. This is a, a fine science fiction horror film. So it's a little out of the realm of what we normally cover. But the sequel, The Hidden 2, was direct video. So I'm assuming that's much more along the lines of what we normally cover. Yeah, we'll get to that maybe sometime. So then we can he goes on. He steals the car and we come back to the police and the police are always like one step behind. They're like, What's he doing? They find out about the, the car dealership getting killed. And he's like, okay, he's got a car now. What for what car got stolen? Okay, the Ferrari got stolen. Put out a notification that we're looking for this red Ferrari with this license plate. He goes and this part doesn't make sense. He looks through the guy's wallet. He's got business cards for a strip club and business cards for an apartment complex. And he goes into the apartment complex and he's looking around. First turns on the radio and it's some like happy happy joy joy kind of music <laughs> it's not just turning off he like he yanks it off the fucking wall and just like, throws it and I'm like buddy you can't listen to your heavy metal that way yeah i was like what the fuck is this like a pure one imports it did say imports yeah it did look like pure one imports it had the- like all of this like art and stuff like that i was like, that was, like a- su- it was supposed to be his apartment or i can't tell i was like is this an apartment or a Yeah, because he like I thought it was a store at first and he walks in and it's just a room full of like fucking statues and 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 art like pieces on the wall. And it it looked like a store. The only piece of furniture we saw was a desk. Yeah. Besides the uh, table that had the stereo. But uh, the we do see that like he discovers this big room in the back just like full of fucking guns and ammunition and shit. Guns, so it's like, guns, guns. yeah, we find out that the guy is actually like an arms dealer, like the guy whose body that he took over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's convenient. But um, maybe that building that he was in, like the apartment or whatever, was like just a front. 
either just a front or maybe this guy had these kind of things like set and like you know kind of the alien planned things out yeah i don't know we see that miller's body is now decomposing of some sort because we get the alien arm poking through the flesh yeah so he literally takes like tape packing tape and like tapes his arm shut so the fucking alien can't crawl out yeah I wonder if it's like what you say, where the bodies are like literally decaying. Because I don't think he's been shot yet by police, right? I don't think so. With that so. body. I don't know. I don't think he's been in like alternate. I think he's still been on the run at that point. So then Beck gets a call from his wife. And he's like, yeah, I'm on my way home now. And since Kyle McLaughlin's character has been helping make progress with this case. He's like, hey, do you have plans for dinner tonight? And he's like, no. He's like, well... Come on over, you know, have a family meal. And we also see one of the other detectives show off a flamethrower. He's like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, it's a flamethrower. Just pull it off the streets. Can you believe this shit? Oh, my God. Pay off later with that. <laughs> you, I knew that was a setup. You know, it's like, oh, that flamethrower is going to be used at some point. <laughs> like, I know it is. That's not what a flamethrower looks. It looked like a super soaker. Like, it was like it's completely handheld flamethrower with the tanks like, you know. Yeah. It's like mm. flamethrowers in movies, for the record, are not realistic at all. You have very, very little flame. You could throw a lot of flame, but like the amount of time you have a flamethrower is not like movies at all. We're like whoa, 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 just shooting shit around. You got seconds. Oh, yeah, that's not fun. No, <laughs> flamethrowers in movies are not realistic at all. They'd be a lot funner if they were, but you got to have a lot of fuel to do that. Yeah, a whole lot. A super soaker tank. Uh, I may have converted super soakers into flamethrowers at some point. Oh, my God. But I digress anyway. So we forgot to mention that, like when the when the alien guy goes to the strip club, he takes like a giant ass bag just full of fucking guns with him. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's got this bag of guns. And nobody was like, hey, pal, you can't bring those in here. Like, yeah, well, I don't know, like. It's pretty obvious there's a bunch of fucking weapons in there. It's not like they're hanging out, but like. I don't remember them hanging out. Yeah. It's like a fucking like golf bag full of guns in it and shit. So, <laughs> it's L.A. It's the 80s. Oh, my God. I got a right to carry this stuff. Yeah. I don't know if California is like a open carry state. Uh, I don't think so, no. Most states you can open carry a rifle. Hmm. Just not handguns. I don't know why. Like, what difference does that make? Obviously, there's been a lot of like, you know, thought and consideration put into our fucking gun laws. I am pro Second Amendment, but Man, there's a lot of rules. I'm like, wait a minute, guys. How does this make any sense? And it just becomes a cat and mouse game. Anyway, so. We get to this awkward dinner with uh, Beck, his wife, and. Tom Clock's guy. Yeah. yeah. Gallagher. <laughs> yeah. Lloyd Gallagher. So. They're like, where are you from? He's like, what? He's like, yeah, where are you from? And he's just like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like. It's so fucking weird. He went from being very sociable and talking normal to talking like a goddamn idiot. Like at dinner, he's like, I don't know. Uh, he's very robotic and it's weird. It was a it's very different type of thing. And he's like, where are you from? He just points up They're like, oh, from up north. From where? And he names him like, it's just sounded Canadian to me. I have that or like someplace in fucking Wisconsin, like Kenosha. <laughs> <laughs> Saskatchewan. like Saskatchewan, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's so like, the, they're like, oh, I've never heard of that town. He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, that's the planet. Spoilers. He's also an alien. You start picking this up, though, before, you know, as it goes on because he knows what's going to happen. You know, he knows a bit more. He's also an alien. So. Then they get a call that 
Miller has been killed at the strip club. He's been found. The body's been found. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, we got to go. So they they go off to catch back up, and we get the police going to the strip club, and they're asking people what they saw, what's happening, and uh, right before they show up, a stripper walks out. The stripper we saw with this bag of guns, which coincidentally match her dress that she's wearing as she leaves. They're both red. Slay queen, literally. <laughs> so <laughs> the cops just let her go because she's like, oh, yeah, she's she works here. She's good. She's they, they let her go. We get a guy catcalling the stripper mm-hmm. and she's eyeballing this Ferrari. And he's like, well, you like cars? I got a car around the corner. And he's got like a Lamborghini jacket on. So I'm thinking, oh, he's going to have a Lambo? No. <laughs> Some rust bucket. Yeah, but she needs a car. So a car. she's like, yeah. Yeah, buddy, let's, let's go. go. And uh, they get in the car and they're like fucking. But then she just like throws him out of the car. She kills and, him. Yeah. yeah, she kills him, throws him out. And steals it. The police find a body. Like, hey, there's a body around the corner. And so then get into a vehicular chase with the stripper. And she starts shooting a shotgun at him through the bat through the window. Mm-hmm. Shoots out the back window of the Porsche. And then Beck starts trying to take shots and he's missing. And Kyle McLaughlin's like, you should aim for the tire. I'm trying to. You think this is easy? Then you do it. And he's like, yeah, hold my fries. Yeah. And then just like shoots the tire. He's like, take the wheel, Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? And, but then like. Two shots. He takes out the tire. Mm-hmm. The, the car crashes and runs into the mannequin warehouse. Yeah. And they chase him into there. There's a shootout and this strippers getting like 50 million shots into him. They make their way through the warehouse all the way up to the to a rooftop fight. The character Beck gets shot in the arm. He almost gets thrown off the roof. Comes lock and pulls him back up. And this is where we get some dialogue exchange between the alien and Kyle McLaughlin, mm-hmm. where he's like, you've been looking for me. You can't defeat me or whatever the fuck. And um, they just light up, light him up. They just let into him. They shoot him like 50 million times and she falls off of the roof. Yeah. Like, Crashes through some like neon mm-hmm. and then falls down in like the like the parking garage. Yeah. Kind of below. Mm-hmm. What is it like? Some guy with a dog. Was it a cop? He was a, he was a cop of uh, the coroner's. The coroners show up. Yeah, with the dog. And uh, the dog finds the body first. Mm-hmm. So, like, the alien invades the dog's body. Right. And so, you know, Kyle McLaughlin, when he finally gets down, he's like, okay, well, who was the first person who found the body? Because that's how we know who the alien is invading. But, like, they're like, no one was here. Yeah, I just showed up. And so no one knows that it's the dog now. And so then Beck's questioning him like, what do you mean? What do you mean? How's this happening? I need answers. You're you're not giving me enough information and he won't give him information. So then he arrests him Mm -hmm. for I think he says he's like, you're like impeding an investigation or whatever the fuck. We go into the police station and we find out that. Beck is having a background check on Agent Kyle McLaughlin, mm-hmm. Agent Gallagher. Turns out Kyle Gallagher from Seattle FBI was killed a month ago. His partner, who has been uh, like using his identity mm-hmm. for the past few months or whatever. So it's like the guy that we, the Kyle McLaughlin that we've been seeing this whole movie is actually the partner of the guy he's been impersonating this whole time. Right. And so then he gets pulls back out of the cell, sits him down. He's like, tell me the real story. And he says, I know that this, 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 that you're you're stealing someone's identity. So then Kyle Gallagher. Kyle McLaughlin slash Lloyd Gallagher gives him the real story about aliens and shit and how it jumps from body to body that all these people 
are all actually the same person and, and they're changing bodies. And so not believing this shit, he throws them back in the cell. Mm-hmm. And then we go to that detective's house with the dog. And he's like having a midnight snacky snack. Open the fridge. And the fucking dog just burst through the fucking door. Dude, the scenes with the dog. The I dog's was a like, good actor. The dog was amazing. I'm like, I wish the whole movie was just the fucking dog. Because like, not only is it a really cute dog, but like. He can emote. He can emote really well. He Like he looks mad. And then, like, the scene where he just fucking, like, slams through the door. Oh, my God. Amazing. It was amazing. Leaps through the door, tackles the back of his owner, slams his face into his steel fridge, falls on the ground. And then he takes over this cop's body. Mm -hmm. So then it's the next morning and the this cop comes in the office like, oh, Officer Willis, you uh, you weren't coming in today, I thought he's like. I have work to do. (laughs) I like money. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, boss. Well, hey, check it out. This is the senator. We're gonna he's gonna be giving a speech later downtown. And we're providing support to act as bodyguards for the senator. We skipped over when Gallagher was taken into custody. They took all his possessions, right? Including this like Weird looking alien gun. Mm-hmm. This very strange gun. And then we cut to in the uh, they like take it to the lab, see what we can figure it out. Probably some strange FBI toy. Yeah. And uh, we go to the, the lab and he's like, what's this? And he shoots a laser and it explodes the wall. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, what the fuck is that? And they all start scrambling, especially because they got the president now. And the senator. Senator. You got the senator now. They put the senator into hiding into like a broom closet. <laughs> it's like a it's like a supply closet of sorts. And Willis, alien in Willis's body, goes into where the explosion happened. He gets the gun. So then the alien goes to that room when he starts getting all of this like ammo. He starts getting all these guns and stuff because it's like a supply closet lab where they work on guns, I guess. Yeah, or like evidence or something. something. Yeah, he's got all this uh, ammo now. And then he starts attacking other cops. Giant shootout starts happening and Beck realizes, okay, now a cop is attacking other cops. Agent Gallagher is telling the truth. Agent Gallagher in quotes. (laughs) Gallagher is telling the truth. So... He gets the gun, the special gun, and he makes his way up to the jail cell and they don't want to let him through. They're like, yeah, check your piece, sir. He's like, let me through the fucking room. And they open the gate. He unlocks him. He's like, he's like, so Willis is the cop now. Uh, Willis is the alien now. He's like, "Okay." He's probably going to go for the president or he's probably going to go for the senator. So. Then we see uh, Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah, for like literally like 13 seconds. And then he gets shot. Mm-hmm. And we get into like a big shootout all over the place. We get the discussion between Beck and the alien. We get a discussion between Gallagher and the alien. And we found out, confirmed confirm that he's also an alien. He's an Altarian. Dirty people. And these creatures could take over Earth. They have nothing that can hurt them. Right? And unless <laughs> well, like we, we when uh, oh, yeah, Gallagher had explained to Beck the only thing that can hurt them is this gun that I have that can only hurt them when they leave the body. Right. And so the shootout happens and Beck's like, why the f- why the fuck didn't you shoot him? I thought that thing could only I could hurt him, and he shoots Beck with this laser, and it just kind of tickles him. And he's like, yeah. "Told you it doesn't work against human flesh. We have to get him when he leaves the body. So when he jumps bodies, 
So then uh, they realized that he was going after the senator and uh, he, but Beck gets shot near fatally, right? He gets shot in the stomach. And now they learn that he's taken over the senator's body, but Gallagher is the only one that knows the truth and Beck, the only human that knows the truth that now the senator is the, an alien. Right. That, you know, he's going to have to kill the senator. <laughs> but that's not going to work very, very easily. Mm-hmm. And the senator goes to his, like, press conference. And they're like, why did why did Detective Will start attacking people? They're like, oh, no, investigation's going on. They're like, do you want to still run for president, senator? And he's like, I want to be president. <laughs> I like money. <laughs> so then... We see Gallagher come through where the president come through where the senator is giving his speech. They're like, sir, what's in the bag? He's like, oh, you know, stuff. And they're like, open the bag, please. And he's like, yeah, sure. Then he kicks him the dick and runs through. Ow, my balls. (laughs) Sorry, I can't. (laughs) I can't stop. He didn't really kick up the ball. He like no. kicked him in the, in the gut. Yeah. And he runs through. He runs through. Everyone's like the pol- police are chasing this officer now. And he pulls out the flamethrower and he lights the senator on fire. Mm hmm. This is how we get the alien to come out of his body. Mm hmm. Because now that that body has been way too damaged. Everyone sees the senator and is freaking out because the senator is now on fire on stage. Yeah, they don't understand what's going on. They're just like, holy shit. I just witnessed a <laughs> like fucking assassination. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we see the slug start coming out and it's all like, because it's on fire. Mm-hmm. And he gets his little space gun and he shoots it and it explodes. Yep. I don't know what I would be thinking if I was in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> You're just here to see the senator speak and then like and someone runs in, shoots him with a flamethrower and a giant slug comes out of his face. Yeah, that's like a lot to take in. It's like and, it's like step one. I imagine like a like a wheel of events. It's like step one. Oh, my God. Someone just killed the senator. Step two. The senator oh my is a God, giant slug? A giant slug is coming out of the senator's body. And then step three, it's like, a laser oh, fuck, beam. a laser beam is killing the slug. And then step four is like, oh, shit, the slug just exploded. <laughs> Like, that's a lot to unpack, you know? It's like you're just getting over fucking step one. It absolutely just seconds. Mm -hmm. All the security guards were chasing Kyle McLaughlin in as that happens, and they tackle him, and that's when he shoots the laser beam. Mm -hmm. And once he sees that this alien slug that he's been chasing for nine years Earth time, that's what he said before, too. I forgot we didn't mention that. Nine years Earth time. He's been chasing this slug because it killed his uh, partner, his wife, and his daughter. Yes. That's a lot. That is a lot. Fuck that slug. <laughs> but, uh, He's I thought gone the, now. It's I thought okay. the slug was kind of cool, honestly. Like, Ferraris and heavy metal, I'm like, mm. I mean, personality-wise, like, yeah, I vibe with the slug. <laughs> I vibe with the slug. You know? <laughs> like, we we could hang. What's <laughs> a... Fuck up the future, Robin, the, the slurm slug, the party slug. Oh my god, Slurms McKenzie. Look, it's Slurms McKenzie. He's the original party worm. Ooh. <laughs> Wimmy Wham Wham Wazzle, let's party! <laughs> <laughs> so, so everyone's like, oh my god, because... Like I said, the center just caught on fire and exploded from a laser beam. Mm-hmm. And then once he sees that it's done, the deed is done, he kind of just like collapses on the ground. He was already tackled by all the security guards. Yeah. But it, it's done. He puts his head down. So that being in the uh, jail cell, like I thought he would be, we see him in the hospital. Next. It's, it's been like an extra day. So like it's pretty fuzzy for me. It's like 
slug explodes and to me i'm like that's it that's, that's, that's the, the movie no there's there's a little <laughs> bit more so and then um so then we get a fade to black we see uh Kyle McLaughlin in a hospital room and he wakes up he comes to and then we see the family of beck go into uh the room and they're talking to him and they're saying he might not make it he might not make it. Oh, um, yes, I remember now. And um, they leave the room because he's passed out. You know, he's asleep. And Comic Lachlan character kind of like walks over to the uh, to the room. And I don't know if he kills him or if Beck Pat dies right then and there. It might be one of those. You know, it's hard to say. But either way, Beck flatlines. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he got pulled off life support or he gave up the ghost and uh comic Lachlan shuts off the um the thing that beeps when you die in a hospital yeah <laughs> um that's a heart rate monitor heart rate monitor. Okay. A, and that way it doesn't sound the alarm mm-hmm. to the nurses that hey someone's fucking dying right um and then comic Lachlan opens up beck's mouth and uh he's not a slug he, no he's a Shining light man. <laughs> yes. The, the uh, Altarians are this uh, golden mist people, I guess. It's like the same stuff that the laser was made out of. It's, it's the same color. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if like was that actually was it like the slugs where that's like them they're being or is this more like he's sending himself into there and that's not actually you know what I mean? It's not this violent act of like going in there. Yeah, I don't know. I just took it as like he's giving up his life force of some sort. Yeah, yeah. transferring a soul. Mm-hmm. You know, something more uh, not wholesome, but maybe like good. We'll go with good. <laughs> right. I can't a think. A synonym right for wholesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is so of course, but Kyle McLaughlin's character collapses and um because there was a flatlining for just a minute it's a smart sci-fi film i liked it yeah it's good i feel like it's one of those movies that like gets better the more that you watch it mm-hmm. you know like you because watching it watching a movie the first time just the more we do this podcast the more i'm realizing that like the first time you watch a movie is rarely ever the best way to interpret it. Yeah. Because there's some movies that we'll like watch again and be like, oh, I I missed that or I wish I brought that up or yeah. why did I focus on this? I feel like this movie definitely like my first time watching it, I'm just kind of like taking it all in and I'm like, what? What's going on? But I feel like if I watched it again, mm-hmm. it would be more like I would focus more on like the fun stuff than like trying to figure out yeah, because for a while we were trying to figure out, is Kyle McLaughlin a, uh, is he an alien? Yeah. Because at first it wasn't, he didn't act like an alien, but then the fact that he knew everything that was going on, you're like, hmm, that's yeah, a little Yeah, that you're sus. like, is this like bad writing or is this like foreshadowing? I was thinking maybe the FBI is, like, I was thinking he knows he's in, I was thinking X-Files style, right? Oh, okay. Where he's like. Kyle McLaughlin is an FBI agent that knows this is an alien, but mm-hmm. he can't say anything right. to a NYPD, no, not NYPD, LAPD uh, member because he's not high enough clearance. Being in military, I dealt with security clearances. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's that's how I perceive it. But then the dinner happens and he's like, oh, I'm from up. Yeah, he was so weird in that dinner scene. Yeah, yeah, it was super weird. And like he was kind of creepy for a minute. Like he was like, your daughter. She's a, uh, she's special. Yeah, I was like, where are we getting at with yeah. this? <laughs> like, and they're they're like, yeah. And he's like, you love her? Like, yeah, we love our daughter. You tell they were sussed out. And they're like, what about you, wife, daughter? And he's just like, I had a wife and a daughter, and they were both killed by the same person that killed my partner. And there's like, oh, and you could see that they're like, oh, that's why you're having a, a dad moment. You're like, you're seeing this 
whole family and you're that was taken from you from this guy you're now chasing down. So you can tell they're like, oh, okay, that's that that's not weird anymore. (laughs) Yeah, apparently on the DVD version of this movie, there's a director's commentary. I'd be really interested to listen to that. Yeah, because there's not really much um, in the way of fun tidbits online, Mm -hmm. like fun information. So I think there's got to be some really interesting stuff like under the covers here that we didn't really get to explore. One thing, if I recall, um, I might be wrong on this, but I recall hearing about the slug scene and the latex suit that they had coming out of. And they were under so much heat from the lamps that they were basically fucking melting during production. Um, And like I said, I already gave the fun tidbit about did you blow up really blow up that Ferrari? All right. Did, yeah. Did you really blow up the Ferrari? No. Look, four Ferraris. I want more, Henry. It's uh, not enough anymore. Uh, mm, uh, it's a fun film. It's a good, smart sci-fi film. That's a bit obscure. Just a bit. It's a little bit. It's like, uh, you know, people are into like sci-fi and horror, specifically sci-fi horror, which is what this would be in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Less horror, except for the body horror from like, you know, I would say the slug part's the only part that makes it like horror-esque. Yeah, there's like, and people get shot, so it's like you see some blood, but eh. Yeah. It's more like a monster movie, you know? I feel like monster movies are in that kind of gray area between horror and sci-fi a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like in there. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. That's like I said, sci-fi horror. It's mm-hmm. like it's literally right there. Yeah. You know, on that like on that line, and um, I did get Terminator vibes from the police scene, specifically the police uh, station when he's like walking through getting shot. Definitely yes. got vibes both mm-hmm. from Terminator One and Two. Yeah. Um, more in Terminator One than in Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terminator Two, I'm thinking about the um, hospital scene yeah. actually. But yeah, so um, oh, it was uh, it was cool. I like the soundtrack a lot. Uh, I would probably pick that up. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like the music. It starts out with a pretty cool effect with uh, just the CRT um, like security camera screen. And then we were watching this on VHS. So it's going through like a really nice upscaler at my house and it has like scan lines for like simulating a CRT because it's mostly meant for video games and uh i'm like oh that looks kind of cool you add the see the scan lines onto the oh my like god yeah let's make this picture less clear <laughs> it's not that it makes it less clear it makes it how it would have looked on a crt so you can you can see it as it is yeah and like with video games sometimes you need those scan lines can like create like what is an optical illusion that was intended by the pixel artists. It happens. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a totally different story. Talking yeah. about um, video games. I mean, I'm I'm totally done talking about this movie. Yeah. I'm totally done. There's nothing else to say. Allison, would you suggest people check out the hidden gem that is the hidden. Yeah, absolutely. I know that there are people who listen to this show who like this is their bread and butter. This is the kind of shit that they look for. It's what plants crave. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you're listening to the show, you'll probably enjoy that movie. Yeah, I think you'll sure. definitely get a kick out of watching it hidden. Mm-hmm. I think I need to track down a copy of the hidden Two, the directive video sequel from 1993. I want to say I'm very curious what that is like. Uh, I'm sure it's terrible. Yes. Uh, Speaking of terrible, my copy of Brotherhood 3 just showed up in the mail today. So we are literally going to throw that sucker into the VCR as soon as we're done recording this. I'm kind of hooked on the Brotherhood now. (laughs) You just like that gay shit. I like giving that gay shit. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Pride Month, everybody. Speaking of, I want to watch... Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. 
Is it gay? That's the gay one. Oh, okay. There's also a documentary called My Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's about the production of the movie and how it affected uh, one of the actors in particular. In terms of his gayness? I believe so. All right, I don't know if he cool. was gay or like people perceived him as gay. I mm. I, uh, I don't know. I'm more of a Jason fan than a Freddy fan, but I do enjoy the Freddy movies. I don't think I've seen all of them, so I want to... I have all of them now, so I want to see them all. Yeah, totally. I haven't seen any of them, so we should watch them together. Mm -hmm. So I think that does just about do it for this episode, everyone. Yes. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, vhssaturday.com. Join our mailing list for all updates VH Saturday. We have stickers available, so if you want one, go ahead and send us a DM on any of our social media platforms. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week, but until then, remember, be, be kind, kind, rewind. rewind.